So how much time do you spend being immersed in the bad news of the day? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I will tell you, for me, I spend a lot of time reading and digesting and trying to analyze a lot of the bad news of the day. I subscribe to a number of news sites, websites, news sources, all in an effort to keep you informed. One of the things I'm increasingly trying not to do, I don't want to be a newscaster. There are plenty of people out there doing that, many that do a far better job than I could ever hope to do because of my limited resources. But one of the things that I can do is to look at some of the news stories that you and I are both seeing and try to give you some inside, well, insight to what's going on. Many of the conservative news sources today do a lot of what I call clickbait headlines. They've got the goods. It's only a matter of time. You've heard it all before. And then we are duly disappointed <laughs> in a relatively short amount of time. How many promises did we hear back in 2020 that, you know, we'll overturn this election? My, I said, not so fast. Not that I believe the election was fair and honest, but I didn't believe there was a snowball's chance in a waffle iron of ever getting the courts to look at this because there's a combination here in the United States, deep state going on, that includes a lot of rhino Republicans and a lot of people in the, shall we say, well-entrenched bureaucracies in the federal government. It took them generations to get that much control of the levers of government and get those levers pulled away from actual elected officials. I'll just give you a couple of examples. And like I say, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on negative news today, but I just want you to understand why we do this program the way we do it, particularly Monday through Thursday. Fridays, I try to get away from some of that bad news and turn to, shall we say, more positive news, good news, encouraging news, and not depressing news. A lot of conservative people, even Christians, that end up being so depressed. And it's just, you know, why? Why are you why are you so depressed? Why is your heart so burdened? Where's where's the joy of the Lord in your life? It's just not there for many. And that's a sad thing. Look, I have to spend time in this, and there are times that I just have to walk away from this microphone come back another day to finish a radio program, it can be that depressing for me. It's not easy reading all of this stuff. I can tell you there are times when I spend a day or two preparing these radio programs that by the end of the day, I am just drained. It really gets under your skin. And then I also have to realize there are a lot of people that really don't care much about the news at all, but they make money bringing you these clickbait news stories. And they're happy to sell you stuff. 
You know, I made this comment the other day, and, and I'm still trying to get an answer that makes sense to me, and I can't find it. Whenever I look at some of these conservative news channels or websites or podcast or video cast, whatever, there's so many of them selling stuff. Everything from apocalypse chow to get you through the great tribulation to solar generators and and the real big one lately has been buy gold yes turn those horrible worthless dollars into real gold now why would they want your worthless dollars i mean i'm just i'm just asking it's a question that has been on my mind Why would these people that have all of this gold be so willing to trade in your worthless fiat dollars for valuable gold and other commodities? I'm just asking the question, that's all. I have to think about it. I'm sure that there's ways of buying gold, but some of these gold and silver sellers concern me and some of the prices make me wonder are these people even trustworthy i'm just asking but it seems that among conservative media we've got a lot of stuff out there that's being sold and a lot of uh, promo codes being used i'm not saying all the products are bad i'm not saying that at all but I'm, i'm saying it should give you a little pause This radio program does not accept any advertising. We do not have any promo codes. There have been times that people have suggested I consider it. Maybe that's something I should do to sustain this program going forward, to have advertisers. But I've just never felt any comfort in doing that. Really, I just haven't. And so we don't. I am dependent upon you to keep this radio program going each and every day. Now, earlier this week, we talked a little bit about what I call the corruption. And with government people, swamp type people, I use that term loosely for those that work in government that tend to look the other way. A lot of politicians here in the United States in particular, and I'm sure elsewhere, that listen to this program, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, come to mind as places where people are listening to this program. It's amazing how public servants can become so wealthy. And how do they do it? Where does the wealth come from? We talked about Joe Biden earlier this week, the president of the United States, who ended up in the United States Senate after only working a year or two in the private sector, which he, by the way, has called many times working for the enemy. I guess government considers itself the enemy of private enterprise, which is a sad way to look at life in this world and our nation and and the people in this nation or any nation. So how did he get so wealthy? being a servant of the people where he owns i got news for you real estate in rehoboth beach delaware that's his vacation home is something i could never afford most people in this country could never afford that as their only home let alone as one of several barack obama 
left the White House not that wealthy. And now he's got mansions in Hawaii, in Chicago, at Martha's Vineyard, and there's one other I'm trying to... Yeah, Washington, D.C. Where does all the money come from? I mean, where does he get it from? It's certainly not a senator's paycheck or a president's paycheck that can afford this. Then you have Joe Biden left being the vice president of the United States and was worth lots of money and had lots of contracts and and all these what I call bogus book deals that so many of them get. And I think that's the way around it for being bribed. You write a book, even if you use a ghost writer, which means you didn't really write the book. Oh, you may have overseen part of the project for what it's worth. But that's the great corruption that we have. The book deals. The Netflix deals. The establishment finds ways of paying you back for what you did for them during your time as a politician. Joe Biden and many others are just classic examples. Bill and Hillary Clinton... Oh, they they had some money back in the day when they were the governor and first lady in Arkansas, and they parlayed that into a mega million dollar enterprise after being the president of the United States. Many of them have done it on both sides of the aisle. We've lost sight in the United States of the citizen legislature. Now they are professional players, and I am not happy about that. This was never the intent of the Founding Fathers. I'm a great believer, personally speaking, of term limits. Because the longer somebody stays in D.C., the farther detached they are from the real world, real people, and the real needs of the citizens. The only people they're beholden to are the big donors and the corporations that fund their campaigns and promise them lucrative deals after they leave office. You look at people like Mitch McConnell. He has had some falls. He's not doing well health-wise. He should never have run for re-election. He should have retired, but they don't do it. They hang in there, and they hang in there. We look at the corruption in Washington, D.C., We talked about it a little bit this week. And there's no doubt that many politicians have made money out of Ukraine, out of Russia, and China. On both sides of the aisle, there's corruption to go around. There is no party that has the complete lock on morality, decency, and honesty and integrity. They don't. We see it within the Republican Party. There are a lot of players there that I don't trust. They put on a good show, but the truth is not in them. So I do get to this point, honestly, that it's really hard for me to do this radio program day in and day out. We know there's corruption. We know that Ukraine has been used for decades, even before the collapse of the Soviet Union. 
it has had a history of corruption, sadly. It has been a part of other nations over hundreds of years. It only became its own nation with artificial borders that never existed in 1992. And so it's been a basket case of a country ever since, used by globalists as a money laundering operation. Now, I'm not going to get into it today. I just don't want to get into it. I have other things on my mind that I believe are vastly more important for you and I and all that we're doing. I can't spend a life just dwelling on the bad news of the day anymore. I just can't do it. I mentioned it on the Monday program, as some of you may have noticed. I kind of cut out early and played something encouraging. I needed to do it. And as I went through this week of preparing programs, I put a couple of emails aside that I got. And there's one that came to me, I think it was on Tuesday. And I put it aside and didn't get a chance to get to it yesterday. And then I, I, I decided to look at some of the emails again that I tried to do a fast read on during the week. And this guy made my day. And I'm going to share the email with you. And he says that he really believes that this program with some of the changes that I'm considering is is on track. He said, and he said, but I believe that as we experience the great awakening, let us hope, you will simply be led to do more spiritual topics. Then he said, at this time, it seems that most shortwave Christian programs are trash. Everybody seems to be self-focused and way too sure of their own opinions. He also wrote that I've noticed that His wife and kids are nearly incapable of lying and are astonished when others do so. Perhaps it is needed for other such Christians to have the truth presented to help them in their own awareness. He said, aren't you yourself amazed at the LGBTQ folks and the incredible level of evil in governing bodies? Yes, the spirit enlightens us, but it seems... Those who spend lesser time in prayer can be a little bit naive. Well, let me answer that. And he says also celebrating your recovery and the chapel. Maranatha. Let me, let me just add a few comments. And he is right on the money. I recognize that I do not know everything when it comes to theology. Yes, I have been trained. I have done my study. I have been ordained. I've gone through the process. I'm not like some of those that I've met that have big ministries that are self-proclaimed ministers and bishops with no credentials from any recognized organization or body or anybody as overseers, to, they, they become self-proclaimed bishops and overseers. I worked for one, called himself a bishop, but never had any background to prove that he had anything. He just decided to call himself that for IRS purposes. And I met a lot of these charlatans like that. They talk a good game, 
and their theology sounds good, but they've got enough poison in their theology to be heresy. I work for one, and I wouldn't trust him as far as I can throw him and his sidekick. They've sold out for the money. And there are others that have sold out to the advertisers to keep the money flowing. So I remain a small ministry. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I could have done things and made this thing huge. But would I be honest and I would I have the integrity or would I be compromised? And that is my biggest concern. And he's also right. Those that spend less time in God's word and in prayer end up being very naive, especially when it comes to the politics of the day. Let me tell you something. The Satanist can manipulate those that are not washed in God's word. They can be easily and readily deceived. I watch it happen every day. They fall for every new wind of doctrine. It all sounds good. They think they got some super inside knowledge. They have nothing. I'm going to take my break early because I do have something that I want to share on the other side that's going to take a little bit of time. And I don't want to interrupt what I have for you. I think for many, it's going to be an eye-opener. It's going to be a blessing. It's going to be a life-changer. And it has a lot to do with what this individual wrote about. We need to have a great awakening at the same time that many are having a great falling away. There's a separation of the sheep from the goats. It's time you are counted for who you are. And if you are not in the sheep category, it's time to get that fixed and become a part of the living body of Christ. Do you believe in the the mission and ministry of Truth to Ponder? We could use your help. Would you support us? Go to our website, truth2ponder.com, or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. Once again, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. The heavenly life here and now. Coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. The Feast of Sukkot, Tabernacles, is a unique feast. During the festival, the Jewish people would build sukkahs, huts, tabernacles in the Promised Land. They'd leave their houses and camp out in the Promised Land. Strange thing to do because you, you don't usually camp out in your home. You camp out when you're away from home. The Hebrews camped out in the wilderness. That makes sense. But why do it again when they're in the promised land every year? Why? Well, they were joining, God was saying, join the, the two realms are together. The wilderness and the promised land, they go, they're linked together. The journey and the destination, it's all together. Well, the Feast of Tabernacles shows a cosmic thing. The two realms, right now we're kind of in the wilderness and we're heading home. Heaven is the promised land. But what it's saying is that the two realms are joined together. That's what Tabernacle says. And they're to be joined together. So that means now we are to live our lives as if it were in heaven. Now we are to live as if seated in heavenly places because we are. The store of treasures now in heaven. We are to live now in the finished work as if we were walking now on the streets of gold, praising him, worshiping him as if he were here all the time because he is. That's the secret of heavenly life. You see, 
Our journey here is joined to heaven. Heavenly life is to you now on earth as it is in heaven. So rejoice in heaven now. Celebrate heaven now. Dwell in the heavenlies now. Learn how to do it. Walk on the streets of gold by faith now. Live a heavenly life on earth now. Because heaven is too good to be contained by the hereafter. In Messiah, it overflows into the here and now. Want more? Ask for Camping in Heaven on CD. Now, how'd you like to receive something so awesome? It's been hidden for 2,000 years. Amazing. The Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD with the hidden writings of the rabbis that prove Jesus. Amazing. And Sapphires, guaranteed to help you become strong and victorious in God. How do you get this all free? Easy. Just remember the real name of Jesus, Yeshua, and you dial it. So, to get your free gifts, just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you I invite you now to join in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation Israel and all the unreached peoples on five continents it's amazing the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 that's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1 or you can write me direct here's how let's write to the nice Jewish boy box 1111 Lodi L-O-D-I New Jersey the zip is 07644 that's the nice Jewish boy box 1111 that's in Lodi L-O-D-I New Jersey the Zip 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Live in the heavenlies, my friend. Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you in Messiah. Ben Hashemayam, the Lord of heaven. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Once again, I want to thank all of you that listen on shortwave, those of you that listen as a podcast. Would you take the time this weekend to let me know how you listen? I'm not trying to develop an email list, so if you send me an email at bob at truth, the number two ponder.com, it just is a great help to know how you listen. Now, I started the program talking about dealing with all the troubling news of the day. And one of the things that has been a great help for me in recent weeks is now being the pastor again of a church. The unexpected blessing, the unexpected calling at this point in my life. But God has opened up doors in ways that I can't not even begin to fathom and we're beginning to have an impact far beyond the four walls of our little church i know there are places and i know there are some of you out there that really have no place to go to church you don't feel comfortable going i understand this past sunday Last week, we had communion for the first time in our church, and it was a new experience for many of the people in that church. And in a few minutes, I'm gonna share a little bit of that service with you. And then at the end of the program, I'm gonna explain how you can be a participant if you have no other place to go. If you listened on Monday, I was doing my regular kind of Monday program and I cut it I cut it short, if you didn't notice. A few of you did, going in the second half, you know, Bob, you suddenly went to music. Why did you do that? To be honest, I couldn't take it any longer. I'm going, Lord, 
I can't do this all the time, every day. I have to have something positive. And I just stopped and I stopped recording and I found something that I had heard a day or two before and I played it. I'm gonna play it again. And when I come back, we're going to change our minds and our hearts and everything. I want this point in the program to be a life-changing experience for you. So listen with me and be encouraged. I sought the Lord And He answered me And delivered me From every fear Those who look on Him Are radiant They'll never be ashamed They'll never be ashamed This poor man cried And the Lord heard me And saved me from i 
I found it so encouraging on Monday when everything seems so difficult in doing the radio program. And I hope that it was a real blessing for you. What I want to do now is take you to the chapel, Trinity Chapel in Seven Mile Ford, Virginia. And I want to share with you just a few parts of our worship service that we had this past Sunday. July the 30th, our 11 a.m. service. You'll hear the message, and then you're going to hear how we did communion that Sunday. And I hope it's a blessing for you. If you are missing communion, if you are missing being in a church, then I want you to hang around until the end of the program. Listen, be encouraged, and learn. I think you'll enjoy the music. I think you'll enjoy the service. And really, my prayer is that instead of us just focusing on the bad news as we gather with this radio program and podcast, we begin to focus as a community of believers in Jesus Christ, encouraged by the good news, not scared of the world around us, but actually being the real overcomers because we are washed in his blood, and we are informed by his word. Welcome to the sanctuary at Trinity Chapel. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time that we share in your word, may you open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive. For this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. For the past couple of weeks, even before last Sunday, I prayed, Lord, when is the first time that we should share this wonderful gift you've given your people? And I was hesitant inside because I know we all come from different traditions. Am I right? I think we've had, since we started, about every kind of denominational background imaginable. But we all have one thing in common. I debated when to start doing communion. And, and my, like I say, because of everybody's different traditions, you have people that are used to having the stuff passed down the, the rows and others that come to the front, others that kneel at the altar. Everybody's got a different way of doing it. And none is more right than the other. That's the key. So my first concern is how do we do it here and not make it too confusing? I mean, a person coming out of my tradition would not be used to passing something down a pew and back and forth. I never did that before. Well, maybe once back in the 70s in visiting a Southern Baptist church. Others are used to a very reverent and, you know, almost, what's the word I'm looking for? Very rigid methodology of doing communion. Everybody has to come up they have to walk a certain way. They have to come to the altar and kneel a certain way. And it comes to the point of you get so worried about 
what you're doing, you forget why you're doing it and what you're really trying to do. I've learned one thing as I've spent years in ministry, and the more years that I am in ministry, the more that I have come to conclude, keep it simple. Keep it simple. The early church kept it simple. The first 100 years, the first 200, even the first 300 years were relatively simple affairs. Some of the things like what I'm wearing today comes out of the first and second century. Just a very simple robe so you're not bringing attention to yourself. And wearing a stole like this, there were two, two kind of stoles. A presbyter or pastor would wear this full stole around the neck. The Bible says, take this, my yoke is easy, take my yoke upon you. This represents and reminds you of that yoke. A deacon wore one that was over one shoulder. It's kind of a partial ministry of assistance. That's in the first century of the church. I kind of like it. It keeps it simple. And I wear this very simple cross that my father gave me back in 1996 when I was first ordained to the ministry. Very simple. Now, I've worn fancier vestments in certain churches but you know, I feel more comfortable in something like this when I wear a vestment, not gaudy, just straight and to the point. Everything about our faith in Christ is straight and to the point when you think about it. Jesus tells us to believe on him, follow him, trust him, Jesus pr promises forgiveness of our sins. He promises us eternal life. And we don't have to do a thing to earn it. There's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to earn any of the gifts that Christ has given us. And I'm sure the disciples, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the whole idea of Passover. As you come to that week of weeks, when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem and before the week was done, he was in the grave for three days and three nights and resurrected from the dead on the third day. And as I pointed out last week, that when the feast of the Passover began, it began at sundown and it ended at the next sundown. That's important to remember. So the night that Jesus gathers with his disciples to celebrate the Passover, and they all went and did what they had to do to get ready, according to the Old Testament regulations found in the book of Exodus, what you have to do, all of that is well laid out. And as they concluded the Passover meal, Jesus makes a couple of profound statements. This is the last time I'm eating with you until all is fulfilled. They still didn't quite understand. They had no real idea of what was yet to come on that Passover. And so that night, Jesus breaks bread, gives it to his disciples. Take eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That he took the cup 
and said, this is my blood of the New Testament shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. So far, pretty simple. Pretty simple. But yet the disciples still didn't fully understand. Remember, the Passover day is sundown to sundown. After the Passover, they head off to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus prays, if this cup can be taken away from me, Lord, please, God, Father, take it. Knowing that he would have to bear this. And so in the Passover day, we celebrate the Passover, institute communion, Jesus is crucified and he is buried. All on Passover. Because what is Jesus according to what the psalmist says, he is the Passover lamb. What do we say? Jesus, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The perfect sacrifice. Once and for all. I have disagreements with some other church bodies that act like they're re-sacrificing. You're not. The sacrifice was once and for all, for all time. You don't redo it every week. You don't redo it every day or once a year or whatever the case may be. He died on the cross once. We say that in many of the, he died once. He rose once. We in communion, we gather with him in that upper room as we remember he is the Passover. He is the source of our salvation. He is our Lord. I know it can be a little confusing to some, you know, how does all this work? And people will ask me, well, Bob, explain it. And my answer is, I really can't. There's a lot I understand, a lot the Bible tells me, and I have to look at people and say, I wish that I fully knew all of these things that God has given us. But even St. Paul, with all that he knew, said we see through a, a glass dimly. We, we kind of know. We understand enough for, our, for us today. Because I don't think any of us could fully comprehend all that God has for us. And so today, in, in a few minutes, we will take the time to commemorate communion together. And like I say, there is no exact wrong way, no right way. We do the best that we can way. That's the only way to describe it. Just like the early church did. When they gathered in people's homes, they didn't have this whole, I have to do it exactly. They, they didn't have this major etiquette problem. They did what the simplicity of what Jesus said. So I invite all that feel comfortable to participate today in this, in this table. I have learned, and my wife will attest, there, there's something about having this, call it an ordinance, call it a sacrament, whichever word you're more comfortable with. The best way to describe it for me and even coming out of the tradition that I came from, it's like coming into his presence. We open up our service. We come into his presence with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. In a way, we're doing that as we come to this table.
We come not that we've earned it, not that we're good enough, because none of us is good enough. And I've reminded many a pe person that has said, you know, well, I don't know if I should take communion. I, I, you know, I, I'm not really a perfect individual. Well, if that was the requirement, then nobody's coming to this altar, including me today. The only thing St. Paul was very adamant about, it's not that we are worthy, it's the manner in which we take of communion. Are we taking it worthily? It's not our worth. But do we come saying, Lord, just like that old hymn, just as I am, Lord, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, Thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. That's how we should approach this. We come in reverence. We come in thanksgiving. We come because he has invited you to the table. I hope today you will participate. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Behold the Lamb who bears our sins away, slain for us.
Bob Bierman. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, you've redeemed us out of your steadfast love. Grant that your gospel may go forth unhindered and your spirit bring many into this fellowship of the redeemed. Father, you've revealed to us the true treasure of Christ's cross and resurrection. Grant that we may pursue your kingdom with all our hearts, souls, body, bodies, and minds. Father, you justify us for the sake of Christ. Comfort any who are troubled by the memory of past sins or visited by the temptation to believe they cannot be forgiven. Give them confidence in Christ that he died for them and still intercedes for them. Heavenly Father, who does freely pardon all who repent and turn unto you, now fulfill in every contrite heart the promise of redeeming grace, forgiving all our sins, and cleansing us from all evil conscience through the perfect sacrifice of Christ Jesus our Lord. And Father, you have given us various offices in our lives. Grant that, all, that in all faithfulness in these callings, that we may see them as gifts through which we serve you and our neighbors. Bestow your comfort upon all those who are burdened by sickness and affliction. Grant that they may await healing and deliverance in the firm conviction that nothing can separate them from your love in Christ Jesus. And for those facing difficult times, we pray their needs be met. And Father, we grant that all those who partake in communion today do so rejoicing that the, that the Christ they receive also intercedes for them at your right hand. Grant these, O oh, oh God, our prayers for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Now I invite you to come to this table, not because you must, but because you may. Not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come not because any goodness of your own gives you a right to come, but because you need the Lord's mercy and help. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to all of them, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as oft as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And now we remember his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and his promise to come again. We give to you thanks, Almighty God, not as we ought, but as we are able. And we implore you to mercifully accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these, your gifts of bread and wine, that we and all who share in the body and blood of your Son may be filled with heavenly peace and joy, and receiving the forgiveness of sins, that ye may be sanctified in soul and body, and have our portion with all your saints. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to come to the Lord's table.
of our Lord Jesus Christ given unto thee. I come, our Savior, to your table. Body of our Lord Jesus Christ given unto thee. For weak and weary is my soul. Oh Jesus, you alone are able to satisfy and make me whole.
to ponder with Bob Bierman. Gracious God, we have received this blessing. Live in the unity of your Holy Spirit that we may show forth your gifts to all the world. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, our time is up for this weekend. I hope today's program, though different, was a blessing for you. Would you bless me by letting me know that you listen? If you want to find out about the church, you can go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. There's a tab that says Church Project. From there, you can find out a little bit about the church. There is also now a link to connect you to the church website. And if you're interested in participating with us with communion at home, you can find a tab now at the church website that explains how we do it and what we believe. Doing this radio program and now being the pastor of a church is an incredible privilege. And I'm thankful to my Lord for feeling I'm worthy enough to be called in his service. I want to thank all of you that keep the radio program going. The Lord is doing a work on me. And and I really believe that others are going to help me with the radio program so I can spend a little bit more time in what I feel that God has really called me to do, to preach and to teach, to encourage, to bring people to a redemptive knowledge of his son and also to be an encouragement for other believers in these turbulent and difficult times where we can form community and communities. There's a lot going on behind the scenes and I need your prayers and really I could use your financial support. Doing this radio program, as I said, is a privilege, but shortwave airtime, and I'd love to increase the amount of shortwave airtime I'm working on being able to bring the church service live on shortwave and also a rebroadcast later in the day for those that can't hear it earlier in the day. Do you believe in what we're trying to do here? If you would, go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. There is a tab to support us and also a tab, as I said, the church project. You can find out more about the church. By the way, the radio program and the church are separate entities, just so you understand. They are not the same. The church does not sponsor the the radio program and the radio program is not sponsoring the church. I do both. If you believe in the radio program, would you consider financial support? You can support us from the website or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth 
in a darkening world.